When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie, reporting for duty from MCHQ for lucky episode 13 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Latini Creative Solutions, who have been getting it done for over 20 years. They have amazing experience in design, print, and marketing, and they specialize in creative solutions that capture your voice and deliver your message. Now, they can support and energize an existing brand like they did with me with all new artwork and t-shirt design, or they can develop your company's identity and marketing campaigns. Latini Creative Solutions provides design that is thoughtful, focused, and creatively executed. So if you want to freshen things up, especially for the upcoming holiday season, contact Latini Creative Solutions at latinicreative.com. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Jumptown Skydiving. Now, I've been skydiving there for over 20 years, and I can tell you that the fall is the time to go. The temperatures are a little bit cooler, and the scenery couldn't be more beautiful. Have you ever peeped leaves at 120 miles an hour from two and a half miles above the earth? Well, if you haven't, then you really haven't leaf peeped, bro. So go and check it off your bucket list. They're conveniently located right in Orange, Massachusetts, just 70 miles outside of Boston. And trust me, the views are beautiful. They're making reservations for tandem skydives every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And you can get more details at jumptown.com. Okay, now before we get to this week's episode, I want to send a special hello to all of the people that have already got their Mistress Carrie backstage passes. If you go to patreon.com slash Mistress Carrie, you can get yourself the Mistress Carrie backstage pass, which gives you exclusive access to uh, content like photos before anyone else gets to see them, inside information. They knew all about my wedding before anybody else. Exclusive polls and insight into cocktails in the war room, details on upcoming podcast guests, And once the online store at my upcoming website gets launched, you'll even have access to discounted merchandise. So if you haven't already gotten your Mistress Carrie backstage pass, well, you got to get it now. So go to patreon.com slash Mistress Carrie and get yours today. Okay, this episode of the podcast is episode number 13. Lucky episode number 13. And it's also my honeymoon episode because between episode 12 with Mike Shue and episode 13 with the guys from Seether, I got married, which the guys in Seether find out in the episode. And so I guess I took them on my honeymoon. I got to talk to all four members of the band and we talked about a lot of stuff, including their new album, CV's Packem Parabellum which is the Latin phrase that translates to, if you want peace, prepare for war. I'm sure you've heard the phrase in the John Wick movies and in The Punisher. 
But they are one of the bands that believe that recording and releasing an album in the middle of all of the COVID craziness is exactly what bands should be doing. So we got to catch up on all of that. And of course, WAF going off the air and how they've been handling everything. And it was just really nice to talk to those guys because, of course, they've been a band that has been around for a really long time. And I've known Sean and the guys for a really, really long time. And as is the case with every episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast, in the description of this episode is a link for a corresponding playlist. So enjoy all of the awesome music. Now, don't forget, if you like what you hear in this episode, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast. And also leave me a comment, and if you don't mind, a five-star review. So without further ado, here's episode 13 of the Mistress Carrie podcast featuring Seether. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Her hair is so lovely. Pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stan. And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. This is Marilyn Manson, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to, you have the privilege of listening to. Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Hello, gentlemen. Hi. How are you? How are you? Good. Oh, my God. It's so good to see your faces. It's it's so strange how antisocial we've all become. It's so nice to actually look at you and see you. How are you? Good. Thank you. How are you? How are, are you guys in different rooms or different countries or where, where the hell are you all? We're in different rooms of the same house because yeah. we, we're trying to do it on our yes. iPhones and the system didn't work on the iPhone. So we, uh, Corey had it dialed in on his laptop. So, so we're upstairs and Sean's downstairs. I appreciate you guys going the extra mile with the technology. That's for sure. Yeah, no worries. Last time I think I saw you guys live, you had a different Lowry brother. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 this is, this is the second one we're trying out. He doesn't know it yet, but we're going to try out the third one just uh, in a couple of weeks, see if he works out any better. But right now, Corey's at least in the top two Lowry brothers that, that we will, we, we will have in this band. <laughs> you guys, uh, I'm assuming are in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. So does that mean you quarantine together? What did you do? Um, no, we, we haven't. We haven't seen each other in uh, uh, months, actually. Uh, Corey comes up here every once in a while, and we, we do some we do some work together. But um, the other two guys, I haven't laid eyeballs on them in about six months. So we aren't we are we are quarantined together now. But I, I figured if I was going to get sick from anybody, I'd I'd like I'd like to get the virus from somebody I know 
rather than some rando on the on the street, you know. Um, yeah, just welcome their respiratory droplets. You're in the same band. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. We're, 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 if one of us goes down, we're all going down. <laughs> yeah. We share everything. We share everything. It might as well be, you know, a deadly pandemic if you're going to share everything. Yeah, well, we also we also have adopted the European um, form of greeting by kissing each other twice on the cheeks just to make sure that we, we really get the transfer um properly done and we, we we don't half ask this virus in any way remember when people in rock and roll were afraid to get the clap or crabs <laughs> the good old days now it's like you're just afraid for, for people to breathe on you yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I've, I've always been i've always been kind of a germaphobe anyway so you know you, you you sometimes if you're lucky you get to do a meet and greet and somebody shows up that hasn't showered in three weeks and uh, has just got done uh, working on his tractor oil change or whatever. Um, and and the, we've always been pretty good at shaking hands and then afterwards, gen, you know, just sort of quietly wiping it off on your jeans if it's, if it's a gross hand like that. But I, you start wondering if the, if the, like the 30 Seconds to Mars guys didn't have a, had a, have a point when they started wearing face masks and gloves back in the day before this was, you know, when we started carrying around... <clears throat> Purell with us and right after the meet and greets we got to do that we actually stopped getting sick as often as we did so either that or we built up a, a massive immune system because sometimes you know one of us would get sick and then the rest of the bus would go down with it and, and it was it was it was like dominoes so yeah we're we've, we've, we're pretty good at keeping ourselves clean i think in, in, in general you used to stare at the people on the flights wearing masks like they were the weird ones <laughs> and now you're like yeah you used to they were onto something yeah who was uh, uh, someone was yeah. saying the other day that uh, people used to cough to to cover up their farts. Now they're farting to cover up their coughs. <laughs> you catch fewer diseases walking into somebody's fart cloud, I think, <laughs> oh, which is so sad. Although, although the fact that you can smell someone's fart cloud means you've got little flicks of poop in your nostrils. So that's gross. Right. That's pretty gross. And if you can smell it wearing a mask, it means your That's mask right. isn't well, working. Those, those, man, those masks, those masks don't do anything. It's like you can, if somebody can fart in front of you, you can get a full, you know, eye-watering whiff of it. Then, then <laughs> you know, a fart is, 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 is by order of magnitude larger than a virus. It's actual tangible poop flicks that are floating in your nostril holes, and it went straight through your mask. It's it's like it's like mosquitoes through chicken wire. So you know. The, I, I saw a video where the only mask that really works is that is that, that rubber sealed mask that has the two canisters and it's got the, the the little the little membrane for in and out breathing. Other than that, the doctor who was sitting there, he, he was vaping, and he would blow out the vape through. And it just come out all over the mask, and the vape is much bigger in particle size than a virus. So, I I, I think it's I think it's quaint that we're all running around wearing masks, and I, and I think it's it's very. It, 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 in a polite society, I think I put it on just because I'm trying to be a good person, but I don't believe it works. I mean, just, just as far as some of the research I've read. But again, we, we like you say, you walk around outside and it feels like you're, in a, you're just on an, on an alien planet. Like, it, you used to not be able to wear masks into stores so they could, so they could ID you. Now you walk in and then you can go like rob banks because you got a mask on. <laughs> it's like... It's, 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 I don't, I don't understand the process, but whatever. It's all good. I, I apologize to anybody that's listened to every episode of the podcast so far. I've made this joke <laughs> multiple times, 
But WAF going off the air at the end of February, we have just decided it triggered the end of the world. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I've known you there for how many years now? I mean, I was there for 29. Great. Crazy. The station was 50 years old this year, and I was there for 29 of them. Wow. That's That's crazy. And and it's been gone a little over six months. And between the radio station being gone and the world just being on its ear, your your analogy of the alien planet, (laughs) A, is totally true, and B, we found out a few months ago, aliens are real. Yeah. Nobody cares, right? It's crazy. Like the Pentagon confirmed it and slid it in right in the middle of a pandemic. Like, oh, P.S., aliens are real. Yeah, by the way. There's no no more terrorists. Yeah, it's it's just E.T. now we got to worry about. If at this point we get actual zombies, I wouldn't be surprised. I I would go, well, of course we're getting real zombies now. Um, It's like, it seems like every single thing that could possibly go wrong is going wrong. Um, And I mean, on a... On a, on a sort of global scale, not not necessarily in, in my everyday life or whatever. But you know how it is, it's like, I'm, I'm wondering what it's going to take for like just humanity in general to snap. You know what I mean? Because it's like, how much can you take and keep keep in good spirits before you start going, okay, I'm done. I'm done. This is it. Let's just, let's just get off the planet. You know what I mean? I, I'm volunteering for that Mars, that Mars, that trip to Mars that Elon Musk is. I, 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 I raised my hand for that one. <laughs> Yeah, all of a sudden you want to enlist in the Space Force. Oh, yeah, dude. That's, uh, <laughs> Space Force is where it's at. It can be like, uh, uh Buck Rogers. That was my favorite show as a kid. <laughs> what did that, li- what was that little robot dude's name? Twiggy. What was he? Twiggy? Twiggy. I just remember That's the girl right. with the cleavage thing. Man, 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 man. That's right, guys. That the noise. The noise. <laughs> Dude, anybody younger than us is like, they're so fucking old right now. I have no yeah. idea what they're talking about. Wasn't that Erin Gray? Yes. And she ended up on Silver Spoons, right? So hot. See, I, don't, I was too young when I watched that. I was like five or six years old, but I, 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 used, to, I used to go to school and, and the teachers had to call me Buck Rogers. I don't even remember what the show was about, but I remember that I, it was a big part of my, my childhood. Yes, because Aaron Gray was hot. Yeah, but I was too young to think such naughty things. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. we talk about how crazy 2020 is. Um, before we talk about the album and all of the stuff you guys got going on, I want to welcome you guys to my honeymoon. Your honeymoon. This is your honeymoon? I got married on Saturday. Are you kidding? Congrats. 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 Yeah, I got engaged and got married two weeks later. Wow. 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 No waste time. I mean, what am I gonna uh, do? Have a big wedding? You can't really do anything. Yeah, I've had to I've had to postpone ours twice. We we were supposed to get married, Jordan and I, in April twenty sixth or whatever. And then that got postponed to September. And the law still states you can't have gatherings of more than 25 people. So we have to now move it to May 2nd next year. So it's just like, and you know, we would have, we would have called, we would have just had a, like a, a small little garden in wedding at this point, but uh, we well, we already paid everybody. So, and there's, and, and there's nobody giving you money back, man. The wedding industry is cutthroat. Oh, hell yeah, it is. Once they got your money, it's, it's, it's already been spent. 
There's no way. There's no way to get Yeah, we just did the whole everybody bring picnic blankets. We're outside. Stay six feet apart. Mm. Beer and pizza. And fart clouds. Yeah, and well, <laughs> hopefully you wouldn't smell them because you were socially distanced far apart. But yeah, I don't know. I think I might have a bit of a. I might have a longer than six foot radius on that. I've got some some power. We couldn't postpone it because he's in the military and getting ready to deploy. Oh, wow. Where's he and going? Since, well, uh, thank him for his service. He's going to uh, the Middle East. So I can't really talk about it, but yeah, he's going to the Middle East. Well, yeah, again, thank him. Please thank him for his service. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, hopefully it's home safe. Yeah. He'll be gone for a while. And it was one of those things where it was like, what's the world going to be like when you come Like, we don't know. So we're just like, fuck it, let's just do it. What is, so what is going, is there like a, there's a trend that I'm sensing here because um, the PD that used to be here in Nashville, Ziggs, he also got married to a military, uh, he got married to a woman in the military. So he's, he's, uh, he's actually retired now because I guess she's like pretty high up. Um, so he just spends his afternoon sipping cognac now. I don't think um, I'm going to be able to do that. It's like, it's like. There's like a military radio personality thing happening. You know what it is? Because I've had to analyze it. It's like putting myself through therapy. I think when you work in this business, you guys know, like your tour manager, like the people, you have a schedule. You've got to be organized because you're always traveling. The logistics of your life are so complicated. And I think it's similar and you have that in common with people in the military, even though you literally couldn't have more different lifestyles. But I think those things are incredibly similar and you understand yeah. the other person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also, I also think that, that um, the routine is a, is a healthy thing. You know what I mean? It, it, we tr- it's not so much routine on the road as there is scheduling. And then the military side, it seems like there's more, there's more of a routine. Like you're up at six, you're in bed by 10. You're up at six, you're in bed by 10. Everything has a place. Um, yes. There's, there's lists yes. for everything. And, and your bed must be the, like the most tidiest bed when, when he's, when he's finished making it. Cause they got, they got that strict, like straight, you're going to have that 90 degree. Dude, I'm not even out of it. Blanket. And he starts making it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be like, can you let me get out of it first? <laughs> I don't think I've made the bed in about eight years. That's disgusting. I'm like, I never so make disgusting. the bed. I'm yeah. sleeping in a couple that's, hours. Yeah. You, you make the bed. Here's the, that's, that's the same reason why you clean the house. Is because you don't want to, you want to have some sort of pride in it, man. If I, if I came to the bedroom after a, 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 the long day I, you have, and you, I saw my sheets and my, my, my I, I feel kind of gross. I, I feel kind of like. You failed your first decision of the day. That's what people say. Yeah. I'm I'm a disappointment to myself if I don't make the bed. You know, like you said, it takes takes 10 seconds, 20 seconds at tops to to throw a blanket on. My dad was military, so I was raised from day one. Make my bed. That's what we do. I make my bunk. You guys know. Make my bunk, make my bed. When I get up, it's something my dad instilled in me. Yeah, we 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 got out butts kicked if we didn't do that you know growing up in south africa we, we had maids we had a maid but my my parents wouldn't let the maid make our beds you know we had to make our own beds and it, it was just i mean it was it was literally a fitted sheet 
and a duvet. That's it. If you can't make that, then then you really got issues. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, I I I I like to keep the house clean and tidy, and because it's just it just makes me feel. I don't know. It makes me feel more comfortable at home. If if I if you know if you, we have a dog that sheds like no one's business, then he sheds in our bathroom. And after a day or two, the floor is gross, man, from this thick black hair. And I can't just ignore it. I immediately have to pull out a vacuum cleaner and, and get that stuff off the ground because, God, it's disgusting. Or it could be really long purple hair <laughs> that falls all over the floor. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> my new husband, it drives him crazy. At least they're easy to see when you're going to. Because it'll just be one. And he'll be like away training or something, and he'll pull it off his yeah. uniform. And be like, where did this come from? <laughs> I swear to God, hair, hair has a life of its own. Like when we go to bed, these things start crawling across the floor and and, and embed and then like climb into your clothes. Like it sort of gets interwoven somehow. It's, uh, and because there's, there's three of us with long hair in the house because the, the, the girls have the long hair. I got long hair and we got the dog hair. And I think, you know, Lockdown pieces. Everybody's back in the seventies from the waist down right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I love? Now that I have this podcast, we have the time and the ability to talk about the craziest shit now. I have had the weirdest conversations now. Like like having Jimi Hendrix in a leg lock. That's what our Viva Care looks like. Yeah, and depending on how old, maybe, Jer you know, Jerry Garcia. Yeah. It was lush, lush. You know what else I've noticed? There's a lot of people in bands whose dads were in the military. Yeah. And that story keeps coming up over and over. People like Jacoby Shaddix, Tommy Vax. Like, you guys are all from military families. Yeah, my dad was a was a non-commissioned officer. He was a sergeant major in the South African, uh, South African army. Um, but he, he had, he had retired by the time, uh, we were born, I think. Uh, but yeah, he was, there's definitely a, a, a different form of, you get raised differently. If you have, if you, if your father's had any kind of military, uh, experience, cause th that's instilled in them. So the neatness, the tidiness, the polishing, we had to polish our shoes every night before we went to school the next day. So, and you, you had to be able to see yourself in it, you know? And it was, it was, you put the polish on and you, and you brush it, brush it, brush it, wipe it off. And you have to do it at least two or three times until he was satisfied. So I forget, I forget things like that. And it's funny that this conversation just brought that back. And it was like, I used to hate doing that. But now, I, I you know, if I've got a nice pair of dress shoes, I want to keep them shiny. You know what I mean? It, it's, at the time, I, I thought it was the dumbest. I was dead. School shoes, man. Who cares? But he was, he was also very concerned about, um, like outward appearance in society because it was, it was just a, it was just the way he, he was quite I mean, you know I would, when when I hit my grunge phase I had ripped jeans and I was wearing like knockoff green Converse low tops and then I I found this Peter Pan this like it was a it was a it was a wardrobe item at at, at the high school drama center so it was like this elastic band but it looked like this green and yellow sort of uh, leaf dress thing and I would wear that over my jeans. Like I was super grungy, man. I was so out there. 
my dad saw me one day and he forbade me from leaving the backyard. So then I had to start passing dress code checks before I went out in public so I didn't embarrass him. He was he was he was hardcore, man. <laughs> yeah. And that there's more than one of you in the band that grew up in military family. Yeah, yeah. It's- was it the same way for you too? Giant. Yeah, for me, my dad was army. Yeah, he was a sergeant, surveyor, sergeant. He served in Korea. He was out of the service by the time uh, I was born. He he was going to uh, re-enlist for Vietnam, but he he uh, stayed back in the states and became a civilian. But so I didn't move around a bunch and do that kind of military life. But uh, he definitely instilled a lot of uh, I don't know rules and, and things. You could tell he came from military, and he instilled a lot of that into me. Yeah, my, my dad was a musician, but we were from we were from Fort Bragg. So I mean, growing up with the military, that was those were the first people I ever played for. You know, I was eleven years old, and you know, it was those that was nothing but military town. We call it Vietnam, and um, but I mean, even like I mean, uh, we would send cassette tapes, like five hundred. We'd make five hundred cassette tapes and give it to them for uh, the guys overseas. You know. Carrie, you—I mean, you—you've been a part of the military for so long, you know. As far as helping those guys, I mean, most every time we go there to play, you were—you know—you had some military guys around you. You're just like, you know, been a big, big uh, uh, helper as far as letting people know that you know, donate to this or help them in this way. You know, getting bands to do stuff for them. Very cool of you. Very cool. Well, I think we all can can do what we can do you know and you guys use your platform and your music to be able to advocate and to raise money and to call attention and awareness for things and i think it's incumbent on all of us with our long hair and beards and whatever that it you know we got to do our part in some way yeah, I think if you use your platform for for, for good, um, and there's 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 no reason if you if you have been given the opportunity to be able to use your voice for something positive, I I don't see any reason why you don't. Um, and you know, the, the, for us, the, for certainly the, the one we've been the most active in is the suicide awareness, uh, which which would also be something close to you because the military suicides are also very high. So you know. And with this lockdown, it hasn't helped any. There's been kids as young as 12 that I've seen on the news that have, that have uh, committed suicide. Um, and it's been, there's been a quite a, a spike in it. So, you know, it's it's tough times all around, man. And we we were supposed to have an, a Rise Above Fest this year for the first time in, in Nashville, moving it down from Bangor. And, of course, <clears throat> the, the planet had other plans for us. But um, we hope to have it next year, continue the, to raise the awareness, you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm just hoping that these, these uh, never-ending lockdowns end soon for people's sanity, for their sanity. I mean, I'm, I'm okay staying at home. I'm, I'm, I'm a homebody. I don't like being out and about in, in, in town. I don't want to run into crabby old ladies that want to run my kid over with their carts. I don't want to be cut off in, in traffic. I don't want to, I don't want any of that stuff. So I'm good, but lots of people need the interaction. You know what I mean? And, and for them, this must be brutal. If I was a social animal, I would be losing my mind. I'm not. 
I'm good sitting at home ordering my groceries, having them delivered and, 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 and waving the person out of my driveway. I'm good having just my girls and my, and my dog around. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's been, the only thing that's been hard was the, the fact that we had all of this set up and this build up and mentally you suddenly get yourself back into preparation for going on tour because it doesn't just happen like, oh, hey, today I'm bouncing my kid on my knee and then tomorrow I'm going to be jumping on a bus and going on stage and I'm going to be totally fine with it. You have to, you have to start preparing yourself. For that. Okay, cool, shit. You know, soon we're going to start being, okay, I'm not going to be seeing them every day anymore. So now I'm going to try and get some more time with them. And then, so you, you finally get your mental game good and you're finally good to go. And they drop the, the, the X and, you, and, and, and now your whole world has ended. And, and our livelihood... And I'm sure you've spoken to many people, so this is not nothing. This is nothing new. But our livelihood, the, uh, I felt, I have felt lost. I've felt depressed. I have felt useless, unproductive, uh, as far as this goes. But I've also felt really good about being a, a, becoming a better dad and becoming a better partner. And uh, so there's, I'm trying to find the positive spin in this. You know what I mean? But. It, That's it, another it, similarity with the military too. Being away from your kids right, for right. long periods of time. Right. And that's something else that you guys can totally sympathize mm -hmm. and empathize with. I mean, we you've got to think like Johnny's second son, his youngest was born. Johnny flew in. They had the C-section when he was there and he flew out the next day, basically. Come back out on the road. That, that's kind of how life is, you know what I mean? Um and it, it's, there is zero normalcy. So that's the other thing you prepare for. You prepare for cruddy backstages. You prepare for not finding uh, bathrooms or, or, you know, not being able to shower. You prepare for all of this stuff because it's, it's not just glitz and glam like everyone assumes it is. Everyone assumes it's like this, 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 this glamorous lifestyle and we've got flowing champagne at all times and endless drug supplies and stuff. And some of that's true. <laughs> but, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's hard. It's it's difficult to try and maintain um, the, the the nuances of a relationship while you're away. And there's only so much you can do on the phone or even through a video call with with, with your family. Um, it's 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 great. Oh, it's especially it's especially difficult now because my three year old is just now. Well, she's been she's been for a while, but she has these really we have real proper conversations now, and it's like this little this little kid's got a mind that's so incredibly creative. And you just love them, man. And, and, and to leave this time is a lot more difficult because it's easy when she's just a little blob that, that, that cries and, and takes dumps. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you got to change a diaper every 30 minutes. But now that, now that she's, you know, in this lockdown, we've, we've toilet trained her. So she's a little, little badass now. Um, and she's, I think, leaving now for prolonged amounts of periods of time would actually be really painful to her. And... That's something else to consider. So it's, it's all of this stuff that I was, I was really sort of getting gearing up for um, and then just sort of shattered, you know. But, you know, it's not, it's not something that we're, we're unused to, unfortunately. I, I've kind of enjoyed the, the little bit of... Because um, I, haven't, I haven't played or written music in months because I, I just concentrated on them. And it was kind of cool just being normal, like just getting up, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, you know what I mean? And sweeping the floor, vacuuming, all the, all the stuff that kind of that you can help out around the house with. Cause as soon as you go, there's like, it's just one person having to do all of those jobs, you know, even though uh, the, the kid's getting good at, at like opening and letting the dog out now. So we don't have to do it. We don't have to get up every single time the dog scratches at the back door. She's, she, she wants to help out. She wants to do it. So 
Corey Taylor told me when I talked to him that it was the first time in however long that he just went to the grocery store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because he just, because he's home and he's not touring. And he's like, we mm-hmm. went to the grocery store with a shopping list and got groceries. He's like, I can't remember the last time I did that. So you guys now can all do somewhat normal things, but wearing a mask, social distancing, following the arrows up and down the aisle of the supermarket. Yeah, we 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 did. Um, that was the strangest thing that, that throughout this whole thing is when it first happened. First, that they said, okay, now you have fourteen days to to stop the spread. <laughs> Uh, which has now become almost feels like 14 weeks at this point, but I know it's crazy. We, we, we get out in the car and we just drive. Um, so, so, so my, so my daughter can get a change of scenery and there was nobody on the roads and you see all these closed stores and and it's, it's like, it it was really bizarre. So when they finally started allowing, well, the, the, the grocery stores were open, but there was nobody there either. Um, and then when they started, you know, sort of allowing, People to return to somewhat normalcy. They they everywhere at the Home Depots, there's arrows. At because uh, you know I've been there a few times. I want you know if, you, if Corey wants a real kick, he's got to go to a Home Depot because that's 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 rad. Um, <laughs> and and because we I, you know I, I've done I've done remodel, remodeled a bathroom, but everywhere you go is you see these markers on the ground now telling you to stay apart, and it's it's really bizarre. It, again, it just comes back to this alien planet thing where. I'm, I'm, it, it's, it's kind of, it, in the beginning, it felt so ominous. It felt like there was this impending, I don't know, extinction event. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what, that's what it felt like. It was like, this was the one that's going to take out the human race. And, um, you know, 20% of us will survive and we'll have to, you know, clear up the mess. I mean, it, it was, it was terrifying. And, and that didn't help my mental game at all in the beginning, but you know, as time has worn on, I'm just I'm just bored of this now. I want something else to you know. I want something. Uh, I need some 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 new action to be afraid of. Kisses. <laughs> you know, it seems like it seems like everything. It 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 does also seem to be like an election year trend when um, some catastrophe is looming. You know. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me affix the tinfoil hat again. Does it feel like the world is just one giant conspiracy theory now? You know, like we're, yeah, like we were talking about with the aliens, like you don't even have to wear tinfoil on your head anymore because they're real. (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I mean, the more and more you you delve into some of these conspiracy theories, the more and more they're they're coming true. So it's like, like the the Kim Jong Un one. Where, uh, yeah, that he's, that he's in a coma and he's, he's in a coma body for like doubles. months and they have a body double that they, they stage some like appearances at like a fertilizer factory or something. And, and they showed a picture of the guy. He's clearly like a different guy. Like his teeth are different. It looks like Wesley Snipes. <laughs> his, his hairline's different. Um, it's like that movie, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Dave. With yeah. Kevin Klein, like. That's what happened. I need to watch this. I stand there. It's a really good movie. When's the last time you guys actually played a concert together? Um, wow. wow. It was October last year when we had um, Exit 111. We had, yeah. um, we had the Rise Above stage. That was that the last was time. It? Yeah, we played. We played uh, <laughs> that's basically where they have Bonnaroo. 
and uh, we played on the Friday night on the 11th of October, and that that was the last time. I mean, we were we were supposed to have, at this point where we were almost the end, we're at the end of August now. We were supposed to have been a good 20 shows under our belt by now, as far as as far as the tour. We were supposed to start in May, and we had a bunch of we were. Every weekend in June was full. Every weekend in July was full. Every weekend in August was full. And we, we were sort of we had, we had planned all up into the middle of, middle of September. So it's yeah, it's just bizarre that that you know we've been we've been we've been rehearsing. Um, so we kind of we have been playing together, which is great. But man, the first few run throughs of the songs we haven't played in about a year we were a little rough. <laughs> I forgot how to play the song. I've got I've got to play everything. <laughs> I, I think I might even have forgotten how to play guitar. Uh, there were some new songs. In there. <clears throat> yeah, and there's new songs as well because we uh, we're trying to trying to promote the album. And um, I felt like again, I felt useless. I was like, oh my god, I'm letting these guys down because I, I I thought muscle memory would just automatically kick in. Nah, nah. Uh, it's like it's like learning like like playing guitar just left my brain quietly over the past six months and I'm, <laughs> I had to, I had to learn how to walk again, you know, but yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny. It's like, um, you know, not, I guess it's like riding a bike in a way, but you, you definitely get rusty and you definitely forget. It's, it's like little things too. Um, you know, you'll find yourself playing a song you've played literally thousands of times and then you'll be like second guessing, Oh, where, where does the bridge go in this one again? And you're like, I should know this, you know, you've done it like thousands of times. Um, work hand, work. Yeah, and you're, you're Do hand. your job. And then yeah. things too, like you're, you know, if you don't play for a long time, you know, you're, the muscles that you would use to play, like get a little weaker and your your fingers maybe get a little softer, you know, the calluses start going away. So it's, it's all that kind of stuff too that you, you need to build back, you know, by, and the only thing it does is playing. So you got to, sort of start training your fingers again to, to get back into it if you've, you know, been out for a while. And you guys have it easier compared to being the drummer. <laughs> it's a cardio thing. And uh, getting prepared for uh, this live stream is just like getting ready for a tour for me. I mean, I approach it the same way. I obviously, re you know, learn, relearn the old stuff and learn the new stuff. Uh, but I, I just run through the set over and over to build up the cardio, man. It's like a workout. By the time people hear this interview, the live stream would have happened. Uh, and so I want you guys to talk to me about preparing for a fully produced, plugged in concert where you know no one's going to be there watching. In uh, person. Nobody's going to be there in person watching. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> it's really weird. We, 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 we did the, um, I did those couple of those streams that I did, those live streams. It was me just playing acoustic which was super bizarre because um, you finish playing and there's just zero feedback except for the scrolling, um, you know, chat log thing. And this is what it's like to be a radio DJ. <laughs> just so you know, you finish talking and no one's laughing at your jokes. Yeah. You get no feedback. You're just talking to yourself. Welcome to my world, Sean. It's well, I, I don't envy you guys because, um, this has been basically what we've just done is as we rehearse, we know it's going to be, it's just going to be uh, what it is. The production looks great. Um, it sounds great. The rigs sound good. 
<clears throat> the new, especially the new stuff is sounding good because I was nervous about that because we've never played those as a band. So I had to learn some parts here and there. <clears throat> but I think <clears throat> you just you just accept it for what it is. It's just strange. Really, we're doing it for people rather than for ourselves. I mean, hopefully they'll see that we put some time and effort into the, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be put some time because the stream is up for a week afterwards. It is. Um, but this, this, you kind of just play it, and you, you kind of just treat it as a rehearsal. I think. I mean, that's that's how we've been looking at it. You know, but it's like a, it's a fancy production <laughs> rehearsal um, to make us make us look a little bit better, a little bit more exciting. Um, but it, it is, it's a bizarre concept that this is this is becoming the status quo. Uh, this, or, or then the next step up from this is to do the drive-in theater. Uh, shows, which is also bizarre. I mean, I, I don't that is to... one of the only good things about coronavirus <clears throat> is it made drive-ins cool again. <laughs> I agree, absolutely. Drive-ins, drive-ins were my favorite as a kid. My parents would pretend that we were going out to to the to the to like the, somebody's house or whatever. <clears throat> I remember one time they surprised us, but they said we were going to dinner, but we had to wear our pajamas, and I was like, "Dad, we look like idiots." He's like, "Put on your pajamas, or you're not going." Like, All right, I mean, I want to go to the restaurant. And polish your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we ended up pulling into the drive, the drive-in and it was killer because we, you know, we, my brother and I were obviously going to fall asleep in the back. So we had our pajamas on already. We watched the film, but it was always, and then we were at the age where we were young enough when we got back home, <clears throat> my dad would get us out of the car and you'd still pretend, you'd pretend you were still sleeping just so that you, he would carry you to bed instead of you having to walk. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's the, that, the drive-in movie. Theater experience is awesome. I don't know how the drive-in rock show experience goes. I know Aaron Lewis just did one uh, last week. Um, I have to ask him about it. But uh, I think for this our kind of crowds, it, it, it'd be so weird. People headbanging in their cars. I think. <laughs> I think for that <laughs> kind of yeah, I think for those kind of shows, maybe like an acoustic thing, because mm-hmm. it's you know. There's something that uh, is really awkward about being on stage and trying to rock out. And if people just blankly stand or sitting, staring back at you, like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you know, we're all sitting, you up there, like, you know, dancing around like a monkey on stage. I wonder, how do people clap with their horns? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I wonder if we could, you know, once the stream's done, if we could do a deal with some drive-in theaters and then, then they'll, you know, they'll put it up on the screen that you can go and we, we, we don't have, we, we don't even have to be there. <laughs> <laughs> there you, go. you just Full became the Ronnie James Dio hologram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember when we were making fun of how ridiculous that was? And again, now we're living in the upside down world on Stranger yeah. Things where it's like, well, that was actually kind of a good idea. Yeah. Right. The upside it down seems world. like if the anything, technology of this from the past was, Yeah. I think if anything from the past was antisocial uh, or didn't lead to the sort of kumbaya moment with your neighbors, you, you thought it was a bad thing. And now that's how we live our lives. You know, you, you, you. You do everything you can to avoid contact with every single person you you run into contact with. So it's like, it's it's uh, it's yeah, it's strange, man. Uh, I I must say, I'm kind of again, I it, it doesn't affect me socially so much because I don't really don't really have much of one of those uh, social life things. But uh, 
Well, your job is social yeah, that, that, that in a strange way, but it is yeah. controlled social interaction. But mm-hmm. you're surrounded by people all the time. Yeah, and it's 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 a mutual enthusiasm kind of thing. It's a feed off of each other vibe. You know, it's it's it, that's what's strange about doing streams is <clears throat> there's no feedback. So it's like you just it's like it. Did that tree fall in that forest, or uh, I, I, am I? You know, it's like <laughs> I don't know where we're at. So it's 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 you know I've I've even thought about like like you've done it with a podcast, but I I just can't be damned because it's it's I don't know I, I just I feel like I'm I'm only good at one thing, <laughs> and I'm not allowed to do it anymore. You well, I mean? trust me, I know what that feels like. Yeah. The problem with me is that when the virus is eradicated, gone, controlled, whatever, my station is still gone. And that change is permanent for me, at least unless I end up going back to work at another station. So yeah. I built a whole, I mean, I don't know if you, how much yeah. of it you can see, but welcome to MCHQ. This is yeah. a whole studio. It looks like a radio station in here. Yeah. And it opened me up to being able to do all kinds of different jobs, voice work. And, you know, I'm working on a lot of different things. I started my own company and I was kicked out of the nest because the career that I had worked on my whole life just doesn't exist anymore. And unlike you, I have no musical ability, so I can't just go and write songs in my basement. Yeah, but you're you're also like a like a legendary name in radio. You know what I mean? Especially amongst any any bands, you're one of the the the, the top tier uh, interviewers and people that we've ever hung out with. As far as as, as far as DJs and and, and uh, radio personalities go, so you say Mistress Carrie to anybody, they all know who you are. You know, if you say, uh, I mean, I can't even think of a, another guy right now that everybody would know. You know what I mean? So. There's at least what you've built has created that name recognition, and that's something you should be proud of. At least, you know. Thank you, I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> and my new logo is literally my head. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, in the middle of this whole crazy pandemic, made a decision that a lot of other bands have opted not to do. A lot of bands opted to shelve their albums mm-hmm. and wait and weather out the storm so they could tour. Yeah. And you guys said, no, we're putting the record out anyway. Talk to right. me about why you decided to do that. Well, I mean, this is the this is the best time to do that, I think, especially when people have got so much time on their hands. And I don't know, I don't know quite which states are in the worst states of lockdown, but you know, if you think I was listening to music a lot through this pandemic thing and you you go man i wish i could hear something new from this this band or that band and, and then occasionally somebody did drop something new like um uh, bring me the horizon released parasite eve and it, like, i think they're bringing out an album soon as well um and really just because we can't tour doesn't mean we shouldn't put an album out you know what i mean i, I understand that the two are usually go symbiotically hand in hand but we live in a, in a time now where <clears throat> this is going to be an interesting experiment. So you put out an album. Um, we've, we've had, you know, we've had pre-orders for, for the album and they've been killer. We've sold out of tons of different styles of, you know, of, of limited edition things that it's been, it's, the response has been incredible. So the, 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 the thirst for the music and the hunger for the music is definitely there. And I think that 
at a time when the world is pretty much beaten black and blue, uh, the best thing you could do is, is put out something that would maybe help people feel a little bit uplifted. Um, and it's, it's, it's just, there's never a good or a bad time to put out an album. I don't think, I think it would have been bad for us to not do anything at all this year because for our own sanity to begin with, but also what now you've got an album that, that by the time let's say it comes out, it was that next year this time. So it's already an hour, it's already a year and a half old. So it doesn't feel like it's fresh anymore. So I've no, I've got no enthusiasm for it. You know what I mean? Uh, I'd much rather put out an album now and then write and write another one and put it out next time when we, when we start touring it. You know what I mean? There's, there's, I, I think putting out content is important because it's, it's not just for you. It's for the, for the fans. And I mean, I, I haven't heard a single fan say, you know, if you guys for putting out new music, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I've actually heard the, the opposite and people are, people are so fired up about it. So I think that that's, that's an important the relationship between the band and the fans is important and, and you know, for, to make them happy is the number one thing. And to sit on, to sit on this album for another six months to eight months would have, I think just been, been ludicrous, but that's, that's, that's how, that's how we chose to, to approach this. You know what I mean? When I first heard beg, I was like, wow, these guys are pissed. <laughs> Did you write that stuff since the lockdown started? Oh. No? Uh, no, that was, that was pre-lockdown anger. I was already a, a, a mad little man after that. Uh, after after the, it was just this uh, this whole situation we're in now. I was kind of there was a lot of especially in the the social environment and, and the social media and how it treats people and how it spits people out and that's kind of that's kind of been something that's been simmering in me for a long time. I don't have Facebook. I don't have Twitter. I don't have any of that stuff because I think it's disgusting. And I think it's just vile platforms for people to 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 uh, denigrate each other and, and just you know feel tough. Um, but that doesn't stop <clears throat> this cancer from spreading through society, and it's it's causing kids to harm themselves. It's causing people to harm themselves. It's you you tell me one positive thing about a, a social media platform that that involves your personal life. And I'll, I'll have, I'll, I'll have to say, okay, cool. And you've, you've made a point. I, I understand. I, I, we use those, I use personally those tools for the band and for the band only. I don't think, I don't, I don't think my, my life is interesting enough. And I, and, and I don't think that you have a right to know what my private life is like. I don't think that it's any of your business. I don't care what you think. I don't want you to know what I had for breakfast. I don't want you to know what my house looks like. I don't want you to know what car I drive. I don't want any of that to be public. Not because I think, just for the, the, the reason that it's this is my life. The life that I share with you is the music life. And, and as far as that goes, we are very forthcoming. You know, we do streams, we do, we do videos to entertain, we're putting out new music. And I think that's where it, that's, that's where it should stop. But, the social media thing has been so even on the last album I sort of touched on some of this stuff and it just gets worse and worse as time goes by and they've they've been well and the virus isn't helping exactly. because now it's people's only social outlet exactly well, exactly and that's and that's just that, that's that's bizarre but there've been study after study of people saying that this this is the response in in, in a teenager's brain is is, is is akin to like a cocaine hit or a uh, you know, or, um, um, there's there's a chemical reaction that that they become addicted to when they get the uh, the admir adoration from from strangers, right? It's like a 
It's like a dopamine hit. So they become addicted to it. And, and then they spend so much time chasing these likes and thumbs ups and just general approval from people they'll never meet in real life. And if they did, we'd probably have an awkward stammery conversation because they don't know how to do it. Um, and we spend so much time, and I'm guilty of it too, but I, I'm, I'm a YouTube addict, um, uh, but I try to stay off it as much as possible. But it's, it, it, it's an addictive thing. It's also, but it's, we could be using it for good, right? But it's being used for bad. You've got, you've got, a, you've got a, this powerful computer in your pocket and you can, you can access all the world's knowledge. And more, more, more often than not, people are looking at cat videos and how to, how to get a butt implant so I can make a couple grand on Instagram. You know what I mean? I had to use it to Google how to pronounce the name of your uh, album because well, I don't speak Latin. Well, then you'd be the first person that actually used the Google because everyone else has asked me how to say it. And I was like, well, you just type it in. Google, Google tells you. But uh, Come yeah, on, yeah. man. I'm better than that. <laughs> But I, so the rage comes from from that. But that song in particular was was not even about that. That song was about <clears throat> uh, the riff I wrote when I found out my dad had cancer. So I was I was pretty pissed, obviously. And then I didn't finish the song until last year when I was writing the music. And I went back and I was like, oh, I dig this riff. I'm going to have to do something with it. So I finished the song, and then lyrically, I was watching the news and um, if anything is more rage inducing than this, it was. Uh, there was a, a girl that was her parents were killed and she was kidnapped and she was kept in the basement and she managed to escape and, uh, and unfortunately that's such a common story that it's not it's, it's you can't pinpoint which one it is right but I, I was like well what, what if I for, just for, for this song sort of write the lyrics from the perspective of that girl getting her vengeance you know what i mean and getting getting and which is why the video has that that tone and that theme as i well. love that part of the video <laughs> where the the tables get turned yeah. i was like fuck yeah. yes <laughs> so that was that was basically <clears throat> what that was about so that in itself should should sort of cover the base for why there's so much rage because i that kind of you know with, with, with the worldwide it, it's it, this is a real serious the, the the sex slavery and the child trafficking man and we have we have a friend in Tulsa who's a who's a police officer and she says in broad daylight in Tulsa someone will get snatched out of a Macy's or a, or a Walmart and it's it's it, this is in Tulsa Oklahoma it's not it's not you know Beirut it's 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 in major cities all over when you have signs up at an airport that say child trafficking is is a day. That's a that's a BNA. That's a Nashville Airport. You can see those signs. What did, do they do? They have them in your bathrooms at the airport. Because in the ladies' rooms, when you sit down on the toilet and close the door, they're right there. Yeah. Mm -mm. I think they have them. They have them as you as you as you walk in, and you try not to bump into the guy who just didn't wash his hands after he took a dump. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, that's that's the most disgusting thing that I've I've noticed. And it, we live you know in how many now. times poop comes up on my podcast? <laughs> Literally every episode. Well, I'm going to flip it to pee just just to keep it, you know, okay, different. But you go into an airport and you're in a men's room at an airport, and there's 20 guys lined up at the urinals. Right, everyone takes a pee. Everyone's handling their goods. The tackle. It's probably a little grungy from flying post flight, whatever. But nobody. You might you might get two out of those twenty that wash their hands on the way out, and I'm not kidding. I'm not. Making, I've seen guys straight walk out of the out of the crapper, 
and just beeline for the exit. They don't even, they don't even, they don't even do it like a, a, a drive-by splash their hands. So the airport is a filthy spot because there's a bunch of penis juice everywhere. There's straight up penis juice. <laughs> At least the women, when we come out of the stall, as fast. <laughs> we're like eye fucking each other, like. You're going to wash your hands, right, bitch? And then we're so vain that even though, like, I've traveled a few times, and even though we have the masks on, you still want to go to the mirror to, like, make sure you look okay. And then the sink's right there, so you might as well wash your hands. Like, you're there. Can you just wash your fucking hands? Yeah, I think uh, that was, see, that was one of the things that was really instilled in me as a kid with my dad. Seatbelts and washing your hands and lifting the seat. And open the door. There's a lot of things, but you know, open the door for my mom and for, and for ladies. But washing the hands, I get. If I don't wash my hands, I get. I gross myself out. So it's 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 become like a genetic thing for me now. I think it's it's been so ingrained in me that I wash my hands so often in the winter time that the backs of my hands will will will, will crack because they're so dry. Especially if we have a kid too, you know. So we we, we want to try and keep the, the dudes. At, the, the funniest is the dudes at the airport. They take a piss and go check themselves out in the mirror, touch their hair, mm. get their shit right, and then wash their fucking ah. hands. I'm like, I say, you know, <laughs> you're that guy, right? You know, like, yeah. yeah. And then their poor wife is like rubbing their head, and it's like she might as well just be rubbing his nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, when you're on a tour bus, you're in close quarters. So if you guys. If there's somebody in the band that's not a hand washer, the rest of you guys are like, don't go for the OJ, bro. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, we, we, our bus smells like Lysol that that yeah. had got pregnant by Lysol that had Lysol. It's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we we used to have, we used to have a a bandit seat pisser, um, but, but he he's no longer he's no longer playing in the band. But he it was always that one guy that wouldn't lift the damn seat. Uh, even in the dressing room toilets. So you, you come and there's like a, a, a healthy smattering of pee everywhere. Um, but that that kind of stuff, that's that's just, yeah, that's just not very thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> Too tight of quarters so, to fuck that up. <laughs> yeah. And I that, used to have uh, a mystery shitter at the radio station. Oh, yeah. See? see now you he would miss the toilet. <laughs> missed the toilet. I that heard seems, about it. I mean. That yeah. seems like it might have been on purpose. Not, it's yeah. not easy to do and can you imagine being that mad where you're like i'm gonna show you <laughs> well i have heard of disgruntled disgruntled house guests will, will do what they call an upper deck and they take a dump in the tank so when you flush it's like a, it, it, this poo comes out of the tank too so <laughs> I've never done that. I've done some other creative things with my feces, but not that. Even that's physically challenging, though. You you've really got to be pissed to crap in someone's you know tank because you got to pull the lid off and then you can't really sit on it. You got to put the tank lid someplace. It's really hard on the quads. You got to like balance. <laughs> you know, Dale's tried it several times. It's very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> He might be your mystery shitter. You never know. <laughs> now we figured it out. Radio station's gone. We just figured out who the mystery shitter was. You got me. <laughs> so what? What led to the to the um, 
the demise of the station. I mean, because I, I know the station here, for example, they're all working remotely because they figured out that you could, you can't, like you, you've built this beautiful studio so you can still get home. Did it, did it lose funding or did it did just... I mean, I've done the post-mortem on it so many times. The, the worst part is that there are so few companies that own so many stations now that right. they right. look That's at these novel. stations. And I know I'm coming at it from a place of not business-minded, but emotional. Like, I grew up listening to AAF before I worked there and spent my whole adult life there. But I think that when you're moving things around, I think the state of rock and roll for a long time... Um, had its difficulties for a long time. There wasn't a lot of great rock music that was new coming out. Thank God you And yeah. I think that one of the things that companies do now is they'll have a bunch of stations in one place, right? And they're all different formats and they're all in the same building. It's called like a radio cluster. Yeah. And what happens is to save money, all of those stations used to be in individual buildings like WKRP in Cincinnati, and they had their own staffs. And when you combine them all to save money, which I understand when you're talking about accountants and engineers and stuff, but when you combine the sales department that's in charge of selling the advertising, and I use this analogy because this is what it was like in our building. If you're a salesperson who could make such and such commission selling advertising for the Red Sox baseball or trying to understand WAF and to sell it to someone that's yeah. going to understand it, what's easier? Yeah. And if you're making the same money, <clears throat> you're going to sell baseball. And it's just... Right. If you don't live the lifestyle like we all do, meaning that music drives our life force and we just, that's what we have in common, which is the theme of the podcast is that it's a rock lifestyle podcast because the music is just kind of what brings us all to the party. But once we're at the party, we're talking about all kinds of different stuff. If, if yeah. you're not in yeah. that lifestyle... You've either got to completely understand that it's not your lifestyle and you don't get it and appreciate that other people do and want to advertise on it or you just don't get it and go, oh, I'll just advertise on a sports station. Or, And I think that was a challenge for WAF was getting people to understand beyond ratings what the station's right. lifestyle, brand, loyalty meant to the audience. And even if we yeah. didn't own the biggest mountain, we owned a mountain and it was all ours. Right. Look, I, I buy Powerball tickets all the time, man. If I win, I would put that station back on the air in a hot minute. <clears throat> I'm surprised, yeah. Karen, you know? I'm sure you got a million stations, you know, that would love and probably want you to have it. It's just... Do you want to up and move, you know? I mean, that, that would be the thing, well, right? I mean, number one, I had job interviews and then the coronavirus stopped everything. So that's made it exponentially more difficult. And the other thing that yeah. we're learning is, is the industry 
still focusing on the live and local rock stations, the way that radio became great, or are they more interested in cost cutting and having someone like me in a studio in X city and going on the air at a bunch of different stations at the same time where you lose that live and local connection. And is that what they're concerned about? Like the wild, wild west figuring all this stuff out. So what's happening now is the internet is taking people like me and, and allowing us to go directly to the people that, that like us and want to listen to us. And we can cut out all the middlemen now. And I could say, fuck. <laughs> fuck yeah. Fuck. So it, it, it's a really weird place. I think Joe Rogan selling his podcast rights for rumored $100 million to Spotify. It woke a lot of people up in the industry going, wait a minute. The same way that the internet leveled the playing field with the bands and it freaked the labels out because all of a sudden you guys could have direct connection with your audience. That same thing's happening on my side of the microphone now. I, I will say this, that a, a music streaming platform that doesn't pay its musicians, paying Rogan $100 million stings just a tad. It does kind of feel like a slap in the face because Spotify is actively against raising the royalty rate for, for artists. They are. They were even booed at that international music conference because they were the only ones who were trying to vote for it against it. <clears throat> they're actually they're trying to lobby against having to pay artists more money. So when you're getting paid point zero 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 four ish cents per spin, uh, and Rogan's making a hundred million, <laughs> it's like he's 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 taking money out of out of the musicians' pockets, in a sense. And I, look, I, I, don't get me wrong, I like Rogan. I think he's an interesting guy. I think good for him for making that money. I It just it further exacerbates my disdain for Spotify's treatment of what essentially they wouldn't be anything without the music. They just abuse it. It's, it's abuse. It's, music, it's musician abuse, goddammit. Um, where they... they, they, uh, they Pay us nothing, make huge profits. I think the CEO is a billionaire at this point, right? But it's built on the backs of the music that we create. And we have a decent, we have like four and a half, almost five million followers on, on Spotify monthly. And, and the checks that roll in are tiny. You know, you look, you're, looking at, you're looking at hundreds of millions of spins and the checks are tiny. It's, it's, it's just bizarre that everyone feels like they can take advantage of music don't have to pay for music. Treat music like it's like it's just a free commodity. But everything else, I mean, Rogan's smoking weed and talking shit. And it's fun, but he gets a fucking hundred million dollars? God damn it. I'll do that for way I'll, less. I would as well. <laughs> Fuck. And what's crazy is, you know, people always wondered why the bands were always so supportive of radio. But the one thing you can say about radio is that they always paid those royalties, yeah. those ASCAP and BMI licensing royalties yeah. <clears throat> that allowed us to play the music on the air. <clears throat> That's really expensive. It's the biggest line item of any radio station's right. budget is paying for the music right. that they play. And everybody always <clears throat> accused us of getting paid by the labels Oh, you're only paying playing that because the labels are mm-hmm. paying you. And I'm like, fuck you. We're paying the bands <laughs> to play their music. Yeah. 
Now I just need to find a way. Somebody needs to come up with a service that would allow me to put music on my podcast with royalties on it because that's one thing about what I'm doing. So what I always do is I make like a Spotify playlist for every episode of the podcast so that all the music and songs we talk about is easily accessible for people listening to the podcast. I can just click the link and everything's right there. But I miss being able to play a riff and be like, oh, that riff from Beg, listen to this, and be able to play it. Yeah. And I can't put music on my podcast because it's downloadable and it's digital music sharing and it doesn't work that yeah. way. And podcasting needs to get over that hurdle because that's definitely a chasm for people like me and podcasters like me that want to incorporate yeah. music. I would have to come to you guys and get you management, your licensing, the publishing, everybody to sign a contract that says it's okay for me to put it on my podcast. And we all live in the real world. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Tough times, man. So we got to figure that out. (laughs) We got to solve this problem. (laughs) Yeah, we can, we can do it if we put our heads together because I miss being able to play music while I'm talking to you guys. I, I, I loved that part of what I did and, um, I got to figure that part out. I hear you. Well, before I let you guys go, um, I want to, I'm taking a poll on the podcast because it happens so often and there are so few examples to prove me wrong. How many of you guys are victims of rock star revenge? What's that? What is? Meaning you have a beautiful daughter. (laughs) I have a beautiful daughter. Oh God. Uh, I have boys. I have, I have a beautiful dog. <clears throat> you, wait, so you're the you're the exception. There are so few examples: Des Fafara, Tommy Lee, Kid Rock, and you. <laughs> you're the only ones I can think of. Every other rock star musician. <laughs> Wow. Who, des- who, who deserves, deserves to have, to have hot, hot daughters, daughters more than, more than anybody? anybody. Yeah, right. absolutely, right? <laughs> but it's been amazing in the podcast to find out how many of you guys yeah. have been cursed with beautiful daughters. I wanted a daughter. I did not want a son. You know, I got younger brothers, and it was like, uh, you, know, you know, playing kind of fatherhood sometimes to that. I just didn't want it. Uh, girls are smarter, sweetest, and you know, I just wanted a girl. Yeah, my, my girl's tough. Yeah, though, you know, doesn't it make you change the way you look at the world now? Because you have to look at it through her eyes now. Absolutely. I mean, it it, you gotta, it makes you, you a better man. You know yeah. what I mean? It it makes you a better man because I want her to, I want her to feel empowered. You know, and uh, and uh, know that anything is possible. I wouldn't have her go fight dudes in the UFC. I'm not saying it's equal, you know, but uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, there's a ton of opportunities. So anything's possible if you know if you want to go for something. Still got to work at it. Got to earn your own merit. Yeah, and 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 it's okay to watch The Little Mermaid and not read too much political bullshit into it. Just enjoy the goddamn film. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Live your life. Be a kid. Don't don't be stressed out about non. You know, all these seventy five thousand genders that you have to memorize. 
you know, just just be a kid and 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 forge your own path forwards. And and always, you, the job is is to give them confidence in themselves. And if you can, if she can be confident in herself and in her abilities and 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 in her and skills that she's learning as she goes along, there's really not much that she won't achieve. Um, I certainly don't ever want her to become uh, like a, an influencer because that word makes me want to gag. Um, I want her to be pro- like a productive member of society who contributes something. You know what I mean? And and that's that's and again, just to to know that she she must have she has respect for herself at the end of the day and and and, and can stand up for herself. Those are, those are the things I think are important. So yeah, and stay a kid, stay a kid as long as you can because you're an adult. You're most of your life, you know, I mean, we, we, I think all of us, including you probably, you know, we grew up way too fast. Everything happened and, you know, I want to be a man. You wanted to do it so quick. You know, I was like, I enjoy that being a child, not thinking about any of this stuff that you'll have to think about the most of your life. You'll think about that stuff. And also any dude who comes in this house, Better be damn sure he minds his P's and Q's. <laughs> Sean's got a lot of firearms. Yeah, that ain't playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the but the thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the the thing is though is that you have to do right by her. Yeah. And you got to teach her how to use them. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So she grows up a badass in her own right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Corey's got his daughter going to jiu-jitsu already. She's 13 years old, so she's going to be a badass. You know, she's already a badass. Don't make no mistake. And she's a she's an incredible singer. She's a plays piano. She plays guitar. I mean, she's she's a she's an all round. It's it's parenting done right because that kid's confident. She's a beautiful little girl, and I mean, she she loves her dad. Regardless of how often he's been away on the road, they are they they're closer than people most parent child relationship that I've ever seen and that's that's not easy to achieve when you when you we we, we all inclu- we all include like I'll put the phone you know we'll be FaceTime and I put my daughter on with these guys and I, you know we we're playing with Lily uh Sean's daughter the whole time so, so it's family so she's part of your life you know what I mean it's the, it's uh it's important to include John's brought his kids out on the road with us you know it's like yeah. it's important to have let them be part of, see what you're doing, you know, be part of it. So they understand it because it is a lot to, for us to leave, you know. Yeah. You know. And, and Dale, Dale I, is I'm not surprised at all that that she's a musician because those Lowry jeans, those musical Lowry jeans. Uh, I wanted to be like, no, I want <laughs> she could be whatever she wants. She could have a, you know, a frog store. And my job is to make sure if it fails, it doesn't matter. You know, be a frog girl. Whether she does it for a living, though, is is not the question. It's that she has the ability. And that is something in your family that it goes back generations. Yeah, it's a, a, I, zero pressure with that. You know, like I don't ever push her. She just naturally wants to, you know, hey, Dad, I want to learn how to play piano. And her first song is Bohemian Rhapsody. I got to A, learn it. And she's, <laughs> and she, you know, so it's like, and she plays it, you know, I'm like, and it's like, I see it and, you know, it's, but it's something, there's a lot of beautiful jobs out here, you know, uh, so 
it, whatever she chooses. And I guess all of us, we support whatever our kids want to right. do, you know? As long as they're happy. Yeah, yeah just be happy. That's, it's got to be something I like support everything, everything, everything except ever allowing a man or, or a horny little boy uh, into your undies. That's, that's, dude, if, she, if my, if my kid doesn't even know what a penis is for the rest of her life, I'm stoked. <laughs> she's she's going to think, she's going to think everyone has vaginas. <laughs> I love, I love this topic because I've worked in rock and roll since I was 18 years old. And I was that girl that was backstage and all the jokes and all the, and now I'm just sitting back watching all the bands squirm, and I'm like, yeah! <laughs> now you know what it's like. Gary, if you wrote a That's book, half the musicians out here would be like, please don't tell them what we do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's all up here. Oh, yeah, you're the oh, 90s. Yeah. Remember the 90s? <laughs> oh, I. if you remember the 90s, you were kind of there. <laughs> I mean, so many people have asked me since I started the podcast, like, what are some of the craziest stories and all of that? And it's like those first few years, those late 90s years on the air at AAF with the early OzFest years, like those were some good times, man. Crazy times, but good times. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm so now grateful that you guys. Like people have their families. <laughs> now people are in bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate so much that you guys have been so generous with your time today. I, there's so much exciting stuff going on with the live stream concert, the new album. It's just nice to see happy, familiar faces because the last six months have been really tough for me. And the fact that you guys are still so supportive means a lot. Yeah. You're awesome. Okay. We're You've always been good to us, so we'll always be good to you. We, we, we tend to be loyal guys. And then, unless you give us a reason to, to tell you to fuck off, <laughs> we got you back. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I appreciate that, and I will do everything I can not to. Oh, you good. You good. Be a reason to, to, for you to tell me to fuck off. <laughs> Would never happen. Would never happen. Well, guys, good luck with everything. It was great to see you. You too. And thank you for coming on my honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. Well, happy honeymoon. Congratulations yeah, honeymoon. again. Yeah. Enjoy it. I'm yeah. not taking you to bed with me, but I'm glad you were here for this part. Cool. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Thanks, I love Gary. you guys. Good luck with everything. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Good to see you. There they are, Corey, Dale, Johnny, and Sean from Seether, whose new album, CV's Packham Parabellum, is out now and that live stream is still available. Just go to seether.com and you can get all of the details on everything, including their Spotify. Thank you so much for checking out episode number 13 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. If you like what you heard, click subscribe, leave a comment, and if you don't mind, a five-star review. Tell your friends that are Seether fans to check out the episode as well. And you can listen to the custom playlist. Click the link in the description of this podcast. Don't forget, you can get a Mistress Carrie backstage pass. Just go to patreon.com slash Mistress Carrie and get yourself the backstage pass so you get all of the inside info, the exclusive polls, show details, guest info, and coming up very, very quickly, discounted merchandise. 
Special thanks to Latini Creative Solutions at latinicreative.com and Jumptown Skydiving at jumptown.com for sponsoring this week's episode. And you can find me online at Mistress Carrie on Twitter, YouTube, Cameo, and Patreon, and at Mistress Carrie WAF on Instagram and Facebook, where you can have me live every Tuesday night at 8.30 for Cocktails in the War Room. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.